Hello and welcome to Running Inside Out Podcast, where we talk about the races we've been in, the races we're not in, and getting outside to see what's going on inside the Rochester running scene. In this episode, Prem Kumar and Daniel Knopp give some of their time to talk about running. <laughs> That's what we're here for. Specifically, uh, running across Haiti. Not not exactly something we've all done. Um, they're running with a nonprofit organization called Work with the goal of showing that Haiti is not a place to be feared or to be pitied and to raise funds for ending poverty in uh, Menelas through dignified jobs. So throughout this episode, we'll be talking about some of the resources that you might find useful if you want to do more research, follow up, get involved, donate to the cause. Um, so check out the show notes inside your podcast player or head out to www.runninginsideoutpodcast.com slash 076 and find some links there too. And with that, let's get into the trails, training, food, friends, and yes, even feelings of runners just like you. Hi everyone, it's me again. Before we get started, there were some developments immediately after we finished recording the episode. Unfortunately, work, the NPO organizing the run, had to make the difficult decision to postpone the run across Haiti. The reason for this is the current political unrest that is taking place in the country. Protests are not uncommon in Haiti or in most countries, and the organization has not had to reschedule past trips or previous run-across-Haiti events due to this. However, several things point to this protest being different from previous ones. First, while previous protests took place in concentrated areas in Port-au-Prince, this one has expanded to major cities all across Haiti and the run-across-Haiti route. Secondly, Recent inflation and devaluation of the local currency are two key items that the people have demanded an answer for in the previous protests, but they have yet to see a change. This has driven protesters to block many routes uh, and prevent major movements or transportation. Ultimately, work decided it was not a safe environment for the runners. Uh, after hearing the news and uh, as a sign of their commitment and solidarity, many of the runners organized a 34-mile run in each of their cities throughout the country on the day that the run would have started in Haiti. Prem and Daniel chose to do a, a double run around the bay and were joined by many people in the Rochester running community. Prem and Daniel remain committed to the run and will be going once a new date is determined. But we all felt that since the goal of the podcast was to spread the message and meaning and motivations behind the run, that it was still appropriate to release the podcast and that you would all still appreciate hearing it. So, let's get to it. Hey, fellas. Hey, Chris. Hey, How Chris. are you? All right, so so this might be difficult. People may not understand Prem's voice versus Dan's voice. Of course. So <laughs> <laughs> so let's get a little bit. Uh, let's make sure we establish our voices there. 
Um, so, Prem, what have you been up to since the last time you were on the podcast? Uh, good. You want to guess? <laughs> Training for a run <laughs> That and uh, my typical 50 races a year kind of thing. That's my yeah. annual goal. Yeah. And uh, so we are five weeks into the year. You got, what, five races done so far? Uh, six, maybe. Six. <laughs> <laughs> It's ridiculous. It's literally ridiculous. Um, all right. So, Dan, um, you've not been on the podcast. What have you been up to since the last time Prem was, Prem was on the show? <laughs> Prem's show was last year? Yeah. About a year. Okay. Uh, was was the Grand Canyon before or after that? It was after. And it was we after. never talked about it. We never did. Yeah. Oh. So when Prem was on, he was talking about, I'm going to go around the Grand Canyon, and I might do this Haiti thing. So, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Um, so you did um, Rim to Rim to Rim with Rochester Running Company. Yes, sir. And is that during that run, is that where you two sort of cooked up the scheme? Uh, no, no, no. Prem, Prem's known about Haiti for a while, and it might be worth him... T telling how he got involved before we share the story of why I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's your show, man. So, all right. Yes. So, Prem, this has been a, a thing on your list for a while. Yeah, it's been cooking for about two years, maybe a little more. Um, I have common friends uh, out of here in Rochester that know the organization. And they mentioned that I'll be the good fit for it. And I ignored it for a while, looked into it, ignored it, talked to them, met up with them, ignored it. And it went for, for about a year like that. And then I finally gave in and uh, met them second time in Pittsburgh and decided to plunge and apply. So you, this is not like you to do so much waffling, like maybe I will, maybe I won't, I'm not sure what's going on. It's just a big undertaking. Eight days of running is not something I'm used to, or I, even now I don't feel ready. All right, so let's talk about that a little bit. From the guy that runs 50 races a year, um, not in 50 well, days. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so, Dan, uh, we're going to get to that in a second, Prem. So, Dan, you somehow got involved with this because of Prem? Uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, funny story. Uh, Prem runs into me uh, at the after party of uh, the Utica Boilermaker, um, which I wasn't originally going to be running in, by the way. Um I had a friend who uh, transferred her bib to me because she decided, you know, it, it wasn't going to work out for her that year. Um, so I ended up at the Utica Boilermaker last minute. I'm about four beers in. From <laughs> 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 walks over, tells me about this great thing he's doing. It's like, you should sign up. <laughs> Thought about it for 30 seconds and said, sure. Really? Yeah. You were well, – well, he did. He did mention that I could back out, 
um, after after signing up. Uh, this this was the sort of thing where we had to apply and get uh, accepted into it. They wanted to make sure you um, had a lot of running experience and travel experience, and you had a reason for for going, a reason for for giving and doing the volunteer work and fundraising okay. before they let you come run. Um, so. I I decided why 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 not just apply see if I get in and then I have a couple of weeks to really think about it before so, I can <laughs> you know either f- fully commit or back out um but but yeah we can jokingly say I decided to do this on a on a whim cuz he caught me while I was semi drunk semi drunk so, and and <laughs> Prem Prem knows that he was praying on the week because he doesn't drink. It's <laughs> no. not like he was also four beers. At. <laughs> no, I just needed company to go with me, and uh, Dan and I've known either for 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 a while. And uh, doing the rim to rim to rim, we end up connecting a lot. We spend a lot of time running together, so I knew it was a good company. He'll have my back, and. It, just was a right fit to at least offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, Ensign, um, let's do an overview, and then we'll talk about um, really your motivations for why you're in there and what that, why, and all that stuff. So, this is eight days running across Haiti. Um, you're ending at... Um, Port-au-Prince, or um, what's that? Jacmel. So we Jack start Mel. at the North Cap Haitian. So we go uh, from our hotel or wherever we are staying to the beach. So we start Where at the beach. That one day. <laughs> yeah, because we, every day is different. So we, we go to the beach early in the morning at 4 a.m. start time. And we start at the North Beach in Cape Haitian. And then we run across on Route 1 uh, through different towns, uh, through Port-au-Prince, and then we end up in Jacmel, uh, which is at the south end of the uh, border, uh, at the island, and at, that's at the beach. So we start from the north coast, goes to the south coast mm-hmm. in over eight days with one day of rest built in. Right, and this is not um, a couple miles here and there, right? I mean, the the idea is you're running 200-ish miles? Yeah, it's about averages out of marathon a day. Yeah, it, but there's oh. predefined distances and with elevation changes as well. They've done a pretty good job of breaking it up in the right distance and elevation breaks as well as location to stay, right? I mean, that that was probably the biggest reason why they are broken apart the way they are is where we can safely stay and enjoy the enjoy the island. I mean, that's the whole part of the bringing awareness as well is yeah, I noticed the one thirteen mile day in there. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, that's uh, two thousand feet, three thousand feet elevation change uh, going up half the time, and then other half straight down descend. Right. So it's uh, it's going to test you go up your quads and break your quads on the way down. I guess or oh, whatever. And the first day before is is no joke either. That's a thirty four mile day with the the last sort of the end of the first day, we're climbing a mountain that we finished going up day two. Uh, right. So the, the last, uh, I think after the cutoff, there's about a thousand foot climb. Right. I can one. really see the uh, need for an application here. Yeah. I mean, you got, <laughs> yeah. uh, and just real quick, you have 34, 13, 20, 36, 20, rest day. Woohoo. Yep. Then you pay for that rest day. You pay big time. With a 27 
day on seven. day seven. And then is this right? This is literally a 52 miler on the last day. Yeah, but the last day starts at midnight of day seven. So it's basically about a 10 to 12 hour gap between the day you finish day seven run, recover and and start at midnight for day eight with 52 miles and a 4,000 feet climb. So it's a, the, actually the way I look at it, the first two days are tough because you're not used to heat. You have a good distance to cover. And your recovery-wise, the stay at the end of first day is at a at a school with no running water, no electricity, no running toilets, right? So we, we, we're going to get tested in how we recover and rest that evening and then get up and climb the rest of the mountain. So there's, there's going to be heat exhaustion, testing of that. Um, and then day eight, day seven, we'll test you again with 80, 80 miles or so in 36, 40 hours at most. So it's yeah. a it's 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 going to test in a lot of ways that we so, don't know. So I don't Dan, know. why why did you sign up? <laughs> uh, that's that's a good like why did I actually <laughs> yeah. actually so, commit? So they yeah you had the out of maybe they won't accept your application right right and but then they I, did and then they did and then they give you a couple weeks before you confirm um and then you're on the hook for for doing it um or at least fundraising. Mm-hmm. And it, it'd be a shame to do that work and not go yeah. in terms of fundraising. But I, I um, so like Prem mentioned, we've known each other for a while. Um, we, I met Prem same year I met you, the yeah. the golden bib the year. Golden bib. <laughs> <laughs> the fabled um, year of what, 2014? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And th- that was actually a big comeback year for me. Um, I uh, The previous year, I, I just, I spent eight months not being able to run. I had a really tough time. Um, so it was, it was a, like, uh, it was just this like epic year of, uh, all this running. I met you guys both. It was great. Um, and I've gotten to know everybody. That's when I got sucked into trails in particular, um, and got to know the community more. And interestingly, uh, Prem's kids now are old enough to be, I've been coaching at the, one of the wise, uh, uh, youth running programs and got to coach his kids too, which is really great. So it's, it's, it's cool. Like a friendship that's lasted and yeah. built, which is nice. Um, and then we did the grand Canyon le- together last year too. So when he asked me, it was very, uh, it meant a lot. And it was also very comfortable. I like, I knew this is a guy I've, I've done something with before. In fact, we did the last 10 miles of the grand Canyon together. <laughs> Yep. yep. So I know what Prem's like when he's hurting. <laughs> um, he knows what I'm like. So so that was really good. But on top of that, um, oddly, the um, a faith community I grew up with has close ties to Haiti, a different community in Haiti, um, but uh, has done a lot of work there. And uh, growing up, I was always inspired to by like stories and people went to Haiti and, and the work that was done there. And I always wanted to do like a service trip or something. And, um, I was never able to, I never had like the time or the money or I didn't know who to connect with to do that. And about, um, right before the golden bib, the year before that, I got an opportunity to go to Chiapas, Mexico. And that's the first service trip I did. And that, completely uh changed my life um it was so powerful to like uproot myself and be put in an entirely different environment where people speak a different language have very different social 
social and economic um, lives and, and positions. And it, it changed everything for me. It was super powerful. And I've kept doing those as much, not every year, but as much as I can. So here's all of a sudden this trip that combines like this passion I have for running and I've always have with a good friend and ties to like the source of inspiration that originally got me doing like these trips abroad mm-hmm. to two places for, for like service work. And it was like perfect, perfect. And it was, you know, chance timing kind of <laughs> so. almost almost like you were meant to be in that beer tent <laughs> <laughs> yeah wow. yeah and and yeah the liquid courage you know give me that <laughs> just that last little push yeah. now i feel bad that i took advantage of yours like no, you <laughs> i i would have i would have signed up in in a heartbeat uh if, if i'd been in any other circumstance too but uh i just yeah. Yeah. So, Prem, you had to have had something that was motivating you that that caused you to then reach out yeah, to Dan as well. Mine goes way back how I grew up and where I grew up. I mean, uh, just to remind the listeners from last podcast, so a little bit we hinted last time around. I mean, I grew up in the southwestern edge of Pakistan, which is the kind of a border area between Afghanistan, Iran, and Pakistan. So, in that vicinity, and growing up, I saw. I didn't grow up as poor as one would think, but I, the poverty was pretty well surrounded by uh, by us, and and it was part of the daily life that you had to deal with. Good, bad, and ugly all came with it, and and the lack of infrastructure and running water, and electricity load shedding, um, just dealing with all sorts of issues growing up and growing up in across the civil hospital where all the bad things will happen and they will bring bring some stuff that you as a child as a kid you shouldn't be seeing all that was surrounded there and so all along my life I've been here I live like a king in a in its respective way from how I grew up I always wanted to somehow do something to give back and hasn't had the opportunity because especially for back home because I don't go back to Pakistan anymore because I don't have much family left there and I'm not doing anything with that and the, uh, the politics uh, uh, instability there in Pakistan is doesn't give me comfort feel that somebody who may be doing good work there that I trust from sitting abroad that I should be part of to give back to my own roots. Um, so here I had a chance to listen and learn and things that these guys at this organization is doing for poverty ending mission they are on with the dignified job mindset, not just give money. Uh, and the conditions seemed when I heard about them, seemed very similar to how I grew up with the political unrest around you and uh, and tribal clashes and other things. Um, so I felt like, hey, all I have to do is to run and raise funds and to be a cause which is very similar to how I grew up or where I grew up around. So that was an instant connection. Uh, so I said, if I can't do anything here, what makes me think that at some day in my life I'll be able to do something back home? It, mm-hmm. it just, it was a, here's the test. Right. Uh, so... It it I didn't have second thoughts. It was just a matter of can I mentally get ready? Can I physically get ready for this kind of event? Other than that, there was no other second guessing for being involved with the organization. So so that's why it took a little longer because of the physical part of it to get really ready for it. But um, I wanted to be part of the organization two years ago, just in some capacity, and I hope to be part of the organization going forward in some capacity. Hopefully, not run again, 
but <laughs> I, I, we, we have all said that before, but let's see how that goes. But at the moment, that's my uh, reasoning behind it. Right. This is your, your intro, right? To be the, <laughs> the feet on the ground. I, I just, I'm going to be a little small part of it, right? This, this organization have done a really good job. They started back in uh, 2010 when they had the earthquakes. Um, the the organizer at the time, the people different people were helping. The rest of the world was there helping. Um, this guy who started this organization, the organization started as Team Tassie, and this guy Ian uh, who started this, who was on the ground and helping out and stuff, met this boy who had a facial tumor, and when he came back, he couldn't get him out of his mind. So he went back and found the boy and brought him back and got him help. And that's where this organization started, and they called the team Tassie because they were helping this boy named Tassie. And uh, so the organization started with that. They started helping him out, helping his family out, and they found him a host family in, in Pittsburgh. And the kid has done wonders. He's not a kid anymore. He's a big guy. He's actually going to be running with us. He ran the first year. He's running oh, with wow. us this year. He's, he's in, engaged, fully engaged as it can be. Uh, and uh, so the the. The organization started from there, and they started to realize that they, they are helping, they're making a difference. Why not adapt that town of Manalas, which is basically a landfill town of Port-au-Prince? So it's very poor, and, and even poor in the relative way from Haiti point of view as well. So it's, 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 it, they need help. Mm-hmm. And so they've been helping one family at a time, trying to help them. Uh, infrastructure, education, tools to get going on and uh, training to get so that they can start their own businesses or whatever. Uh, so that work has been going on. And they wanted to have a, some fundraiser that anchors them and gives them enough to get going from year to year. So that's when this race came about. And first year they had quite a bit of showing, small group, but some big names like uh, Dean Carnesius was uh, was part of the first first year. And some of the crews who started all this, they were part of the first year as well. They wanted to make sure they can do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and since then, they've grown and they've changed the organization name because Team Tassie is no longer just Team Tassie, about Tassie or his family. It's about everybody else. So they thought doing work is what they're after. So they called it dowork.org, work being the name, so, but they still do business as Team Tassie. Um, uh, and so they've been... They've been great to talk about, hear about, and they've been very transparent on the organization, how they're spending the money. Uh, so it gives you all the comfort that you could ask for a nonprofit organization to be doing. Right. And we're not talking about like small bucks here, right? Dan, you're up over six grand at yeah. this point, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I had seen um, between the two of you, you're almost at 13000 $13, bucks. Yeah, I, I mean, um, we we had a minimum requirement. We are way over our minimum minimum range, um, so we we are doing well for the organization. They are still a ways from their goal for the year, right? Um, so they are making a dent uh, and hope that they'll get there. Um, it, it it and they are overall life of the five years. I think that they are up almost eight hundred thousand dollars in 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 fundraising for the life of it, and uh, they're doing some great work. There's a lot of stories on their web page that you can read, and the families uh, they they are helping and tracking. So, so all all good stuff. I mean, uh, the, it's it's inspirational when you hear some of these those stories. There are runners who are coming out third time now around. So this is organization that have touched these runners, not just say, "Hey, it's a one time deal." Everybody feels compelled to be part of it in in for longer time term. So which is uh, which says a lot. I think this speaks volume by itself. 
Yeah. And so, Dan, one of the things that Prem was talking about was that, you know, this was his first test to see if he can start doing this sort of right. thing. Um, and you had said you were inspired by your trip to Mexico. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So have have you now switched and are you given Prem like all the tips of things that he can expect? What are you bringing from that previous experience with you um, to this one? So I actually haven't talked with Prem much about that yet. Um, which <laughs> maybe we can <laughs> chat over the next couple of days and, and Well we got I, a little I, bit of time here now. Sure, so. sure. And I haven't chatted with um Prem about um growing up in Pakistan much either. But I do know um, what he shared on your podcast and and other times. But um, as as far as Mexico goes, um, it was uh, for me it was eye opening um, and something I'm I'm incredibly grateful for. Um, I remember the, the the hardest part was was honestly coming back because I came back and I get home, I walk in the door of my uh, condo that I own, that's just me, uh, that was larger than uh, the house I just lived in with a family um, for for eight days. Um, that at one point, that, that house that I was staying in had 10 family members in it. Um, Three three of the rooms were open in some way to the outside, either a missing wall or a large chunk of the ceiling gone. Um, they gave me the only room that actually had four walls and a ceiling and locking doors, uh, bucket for a shower, that sort of thing. And that was sort of like the average in in average in that area that I stayed. You know, there's certainly were extremely wealthy people and mm-hmm. and uh, this was in uh, Tuxla Guadalajara's Gua- Guadalajara's Tuxla Guadalajara's Mexico it's the capital of Chiapas um j- just like here there's there's people that are struggling and there's also the very rich but um in certain uh places it seems to be much more apparent or it's more pervasive and um the different language also, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. it forces, I think the experience forced me to be present, to listen, because it's so, it's such a commitment to go from here to dive into something that's completely different. And then I come back and I realize like how much I have and how, how grateful I can be that and just it's so jarring that you know when I walked into my my home, I just laid on the floor and stared at the ceiling for a couple hours. Right. I, it it's it hit me that hard, and to think, you know, there's seven and a half billion people on the planet, and uh, what I saw was as actually more common than right. what I have. Exactly, and that that's the you're the minority. I am so the minority. Say. Yeah, right. <laughs> that when I went to uh, when I went to India, there were towns that I would go to, and um, the the government might decide that they wanted to widen a road, and so they would just widen the road, 
No. Uh, there were houses there, and they just took off the front of the house because they wanted to make the road wider. People had nowhere to go, so they continued living in that house. So it's almost like it was almost like dollhouses where you have the three walls, but then the whole front of the house was exposed. And it was just a that that was the way it was in that town, you know, right. of Talcud. It was like that that happened and those people are living with that every single day. And it's not one or two. It was everybody in that house because they were going to make that town like a pass-through town. Right. And that's the new normal for them. And it was a little bit it's jarring, right? And it's right. like, well what what can you what can you do about that, right? So um it it's really uh, for people like me who who aren't going to Haiti. Like our opportunity is to fuel your fundraising a little bit, right? And to learn about it and to understand the reasons why you're doing it and to sort of be conscious of those things. Yeah. I mean, fundraising is important and it's it's at the core of it because that's why the organization is trying to do something and they need the help to do that. But awareness at the moment and and I feel like it's more important because as as you guys are talking about. This is quite a bit common in the world. Mm-hmm. I was in Philippines a couple of months ago, and I ran from a very nice part where our hotel was, thinking the next hotel that I could see was another nice part without realizing that I have to run through some poor areas. And and I did, and there was a good couple of miles of it, and it was eye-opening. It was day and night difference. I mean, there were a narrow street with everybody living half of their house on the street, basically. Mm-hmm. And then jeepneys, which is very common transportation in the poor part of Philippines, is basically an extended jeep with where they pack in 20 people at the back, like a taxi cab, like a bus, they're hanging off of it, and that's how they can afford to get around. And they're just zipping by you because that's all there is, and it's just crazy. It just reminded me of back home, like you're talking about in India, and so this this is very common in, in those big, developing third world countries because there's so many people and so much poverty and the levels of wealth and poverty is such a big difference between the two and so many people are at the bottom than at the top and mm-hmm. and that's most of the world without a seven billion if i had to put a number five billion might fall in that category yeah and what what's interesting about uh, my time in india was that as much as there was all that poverty um i never felt threatened I never felt like personally in danger, like somebody's right. going to come rob me because they have nothing. That's why I love Th- the Thanks for bringing that up. I mean, that's the thing, right? Poor people, they don't have time for this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they are trying to earn a living, trying to make a next meal, trying to put a sh- the roof on, yeah. keep the roof they might have or not have on top of I mean, for their family. I mean, that's cool. There's no different than us. Mm-hmm. Trying to go to work in the morning to make sure that we can put food on the table and give the right living for our kids, we may be better off. But still, it's the core goal is everybody has the same goal on a daily basis, and we forget yeah. that the 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 bad people are tiny, tiny, tiny in the seven billion population. Yes, they're creating a havoc in the whole world, but that's a small group of people. We shouldn't mm-hmm. be afraid of that, right? And in their mission, I don't know if you can bring it up and read it again. I I loved their mission um 
which was one of the first things when, when Prem first asked me, I, I pulled it up and read it, and that was like a, just a further selling point. Right, where they had said um, uh, it's not a place to be feared, feared or, or pitied. pitied. Yep, which, right? which is so powerful, and, and, and especially the last part, pitied, too. It, yeah. it ties into something that I did experience, like going to Chiapas and then doing other trips that I've been able to do a question that um, becomes a lot harder to answer and much deeper and requires more thought is what makes you poor? Mm-hmm. It's like a really powerful, challenging question. Um, if you ever have the opportunity to do something like this, it, and it, makes I, you, it makes you wonder what, you know, on the other side, what is wealth? Right, right. The other way right. around. But as I was saying, like, I couldn't, people were like, oh, you went to India? You went running in India? And I'm like, yeah, I did. <laughs> and, and it wasn't a problem. And, you know, when you travel, I traveled for work. So it wasn't like I was there for a noble cause. But um, when you travel for work, they tend to protect you, right? right. Like, you, you have to stay, you are there for work. So they don't right. want you getting sick or hurt or injured. So they really um, put a lot of rules and a lot of buffers around you. But um, the people I I was with would be really surprised that I would go out running. And I was, like I said, there was no, I had no, the only danger was that I might step in the road and not understand the traffic patterns. But like like you said, from people are busy. Um, They're more curious, but I never felt like somebody was, looking for a way to rob me you know and and i think that's different because you might you might um think about some of the poorer places we have in the united states and you might not have that sense of you know safety or people aren't interested in me and i feel the same way that's wrong too i mean i no problem going anywhere i may be more aware of things and be careful but I shouldn't get in anybody's business that I'm not supposed to be in, but just just mm-hmm. be part of it. I mean, and that's in- what, that's what I was gonna say. It's like it's it's <laughs> people are the same. Yeah. Right? Oh, I agree. So. I I've, everywhere I've traveled, people people are wonderful, happy, living their lives, doing mm-hmm. their thing, or angry because they had a bad day because their yeah. boss was breathing down their neck. It's it's all the same, and I'm never. Just like smile you guys. and say hello, and <laughs> chances are if you say hello to and smile with 10 people on the road as you're running in some area that you maybe think you shouldn't belong there, right. and if there's one bad person out there and tries to make fun of you or try to take advantage, those 10 peop- other people you just said hello to and smile, there are some good people out there. They'll have you back. Yeah. In you got to have faith in, in people and humanity. I will say, you know, I've never felt threatened, and I've never run into anybody who was trying to take advantage of me that that I was aware of, except once, and that was in a really touristy area. <laughs> <laughs> right. It was like, ah, tourists are here. Let's go like yeah. mess with them or sell them something for way too much, you know. And yeah, and that happens here. I see people do it to 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 people who are visiting here too. It's just every <laughs> that's but when you go game. out there where people are actually living their lives, it's yeah, totally fine. <laughs> yeah, that that's part of the agreement, right? If you go to the <laughs> yeah. tourist area, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so coming back uh, to Haiti, I mean, the, Haiti is a 
I mean, from the pictures I can see, from the hotels that we may be staying at, from the sceneries, from the videos of last few years. There are videos available on YouTube. Um, uh, I think especially a couple of years old videos. They are really, really, really well done. Uh, the beauty is unbelievable. It's a very beautiful place. And so that, that's exactly where I was going to go with this, Prem. So thanks. Which is, um, what are you expecting? What do you, what do you, you, you're, you got to visualize success, right? So what do you, what are you expecting on this trip, Dan? Hmm. Ooh. <laughs> I what? learned to address questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm excited for, for the beauty of Haiti. Um, I, uh, Excuse me, I think that's my phone. It, 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 it's an experience of a lifetime, and yeah. I think that it's going to be that way. And we're going to remember things for forever to come, and something we can share with different ways with my kids and P friends and everything. Yeah. I, I'm, I think it's going to give it's going to be nostalgic for me because I'm going to remember my childhood and growing up and things, even though I'm in a totally different language speaking area. But the things I'm going to see, I think, is going to be very similar to how I remember growing up even though it's been 25 years since I've been back, uh, I have a feeling I'm going to get that, and, and that's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, because every time, every once in a while, I wake up with dreams, and I just feel like it's weird, right? It's just nostalgic, and I have a feeling that I'm going to have those moments, uh, which I don't know how I'm going to deal with. Uh, hopefully, they're not during my run and ruin my run. Um, but I don't know. I have a feeling I, it's going to, I'm, I have to deal with that when I'm going to be there. Uh, but I'm hoping to make new friends, friends for life, friends locals that maybe someday I can go visit and see them in better condition than I may see them this time. Mm-hmm. And and just enjoy the beauty because, this, as I said, it's a beautiful place, what I can tell. Yeah, and so there's a big... There's a big group going, yeah. right? I mean, there's, yeah, there's a 36, 37 runners. 31 of us are doing solo, and the six are doing three-man team of two, two relay teams, basically. And then there's two previous runners who are part of the relay, I believe, and they're going to be on bikes. So this time we have a bigger support crew than the previous yeah. year. Right. And uh, there, I mean, the, right now, as you said, for the organization, they've raised – $173,000. This year. This right, year. for this year. We are at about 70, 69%, 70% of yeah. our goal at the moment. Yeah. Right. Um, would it be helpful to, I, I think they, they mentioned to us how, how much $50 buys in Haiti. I don't know if that's useful to share. Yeah, but I mean, it's, if that's uh, what you want to, yeah, let's talk about um, I think they they mentioned that fifty dollars would buy um, daycare for two weeks for it was two or three kids I think and some medical supplies, which that's that goes a lot further than 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 oh yeah here absolutely which is nice so um, that that's that's a really good raise I think um, and that's compounding on the previous years that this run's been hold, held and. Work also has other fundraisers throughout the year. The the run is just their largest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that that thing, you know, as I say in the podcast, uh, when when I'm talking about Patreon, every little bit helps. Right. That 
that is uh, magnified when you go to a nonprofit organization like work that's optimized like the distribution channels. They have an established presence. They know how to transport things cheaply. They're working cheaply. All of that, that money just gets magnified. Definitely. Um, they, they, they're doing so good, amazing work. It's, 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 it's mind-boggling and how well-oiled machine these guys are. All right. So you're going to leave on Friday, February 15th. Yep, we fly out of Miami. Everybody gets in before that Friday, uh, different times, and we fly. Most of us are in the same flight, leaving Cape, for Cape Haitian from Miami on Friday. We land in the mid-afternoon, and we chill, meet, he meet, and at 2.30, they'll wake us up to start our first start day at 4 a.m. run. So, oh, I am excited for that. <laughs> what, going back to what am I going to get out of Haiti, uh, Hopefully seven spectacular sunrises. So like, that's the thing. You're running, you're starting super early. Yep, in two hours or so in dark and then enjoy the sunrise along your path. While we're on a mountain in the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> like, and that's going to be beautiful. So are you planning on doing like um, running as a group, a big group of 36 people? Or are you going to go at your own paces? I think it's going to spread out no matter what we think uh, because there are some fast people out there and there's going to be some people who – We'll, uh, there's a cutoff and everything, so it's still a, considered a kind of a race, right? So there's cutoffs and stuff, so we have to beat those times as we go through. Um, uh, so I think it's going to be mini groups of smaller groups, quite a few of us, and, and we'll find our group pacer, yeah. pace friends uh, pretty quickly, I, I will say. I, I, I think, um, especially for faster runners uh, out there, and, and, and like – Prem mentioned Dean Carnassus has done this run along with um uh was it um uh, a couple other pro athletes I'm forgetting their names now um if you're capable of running faster comfortably mm-hmm. and still recovering the next day um you'd probably want to run faster to optimize your chances of success for completing because that gives you more recovery time. Yeah, get Especially more those last two the last two days when we have a shortened recovery time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that means you're less in the heat environment, right? So if you right. get done sooner, then you're not in the day's hottest time of the day. Right. And so you mentioned these cutoffs and you mentioned the amount of time. Did they give you guidelines on how fast each day has to be yeah, completed? Yeah, there's, there's, there's a good chunk of uh, support they provide us throughout our training. So this year we have a, one of the runners actually is a coach from Colorado. He's actually He has been kind of supporting coaching along the way in the last couple of years, I believe, but this year for sure. And he has provided guidance and we had calls every month with on certain topics and nutrition and, and training. And uh, and so he put together a spreadsheet for every day with the elevation and everything and where the drop zones are going to be, where what the cutoffs make sense for certain certain times. So it's been broken out very nicely. So, hey, it's elevation and then this six miles. So we expect that uh, you're going to be able to keep this kind of pace in this section and this the versus downhill sections. So I think that they've done a really good job of being very reasonable to make sure everybody has a shot at it. But at the end of the day, they may have to make some tough calls to pick people up because it's just it's not safe to be out there for that long in that heat for day in day out. So um, I don't know. I mean, I'm a little scared, especially on those climb days and long back to back days. But 
Mm-hmm. I hope to stay away from the cutoffs if possible. But it's okay if it doesn't. But I, I'm I'm scared too. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, our training, uh, after all, has been in in our Rochester weather, right? So um, the heat is going to do something to us, which we all know when we go from winter to spring races quickly, and and our May temperatures sometimes go up so high, and we are not used to it, and we all bonk. And so I think that we may <laughs> experience some of that, especially in the first day or two days. Um, um, but we just need to do be smart about it and manage it well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if you're, eh, I'm thinking something like um, a thirty. The first day is a fifty k, right? Thirty two mm-hmm. miles. Yeah. Um, you're starting at four a.m. You got until let's say sundown, right? So eight p.m. No, oh, they're going to no. cut us off by before and by noon at the latest. Yeah, by noon. Uh, I think the uh, the noons are kind of the cutout. They don't want us to be out there that long. Four, Fourteen minute mile pace is is sort of the upper limit, except for the last day when they bump it up to like a sixteen or something. Because they know mile. that we are almost done, and yeah. the last day, and we start at midnight, so there's plenty right. of chance to get to the yeah. moon. So okay, so you're going to be done. You think you have to be done by noon every day, right? Yep. That's what we huh. think is the case, but we'll find yeah. out when we get there. But that's our understanding. Because I was thinking, if you got sixteen to eighteen hours, then these distances they're right. not all no, bad. No, they're not bad. You then. would be walking across Haiti. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is not true. bad. But I think that the idea. <laughs> yeah. It's this. So I've been comparing this to the Wall State five hundred k that uh, some people have done in the area, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So we know a couple of runners who are solid, solid ultra marathoners. They have done it. And that is that, right? That's a 314 miles, 30 miles a day, and you get all day, all night. You you manage your time, you manage your distance, you manage your how you break, where you break, and how you support yourself. So this event is not that in the sense this is predefined distances with cutoffs. They get you off the course so that you're not on it and to be unsafe and in heat or unsafe in the environment because the, the support crew can't be that long, and they you have to keep moving. Um, so it's a, it in its way it's well supported, but it's going to challenge how you quick you 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 have to get it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean in the end you're running two hundred miles over eight days. So the uh, the question is, what have you done that has come even close to two hundred miles in eight days? Nothing. <laughs> what about Nothing. you, Dan? Nothing. I mean, the rim, the rim, Nothing. the rim, that's, so, that's a day, right? That was a not day. two day, three day, day thing. Right. Yeah. So, so you single day events. Eight times. Right. But so, well, actually, rim to rim to rim, uh, I have a, a thought on, on how this, it's a hope for how this might be easier based on something I experienced in rim to rim to rim. But, before that, I would say in 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 training, uh, one of the things for training that I haven't done at least in a long time was back to back long days. Um, Prem and I did did uh, um, one. Uh, he joined me for around the bay, and I think we both ran the day before. So I did back to back fifteen mile runs that weekend with around the bay. It's, hilly as as many people know um yeah i think i saw you that <laughs> yeah you yeah. did see us that day that's <laughs> I was right do, i was doing my uh, um, stunning four miles at abraham lincoln yeah so it, it's <laughs> the, it, it, hey that four miles at abraham lincoln actually that's that's tough especially with 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 snow and ice out there 
because uh, of the hills and technical terrain. But um, it, that, that's that been hard. That's been challenging. Um, I, I had a concern, like, when I first started doing it, I did a long run, and I got up to do a long run the next day and noticed my resting heart rate was higher than normal. Not much higher, but, you know, that's one of the things you want to avoid if you want, don't want to overtrain, right? That usually means you need more rest and more recovery time. Um, so... I decided to push it that day just for one day, see what, how I responded, and then I was okay. Um, and then over the training, that went away, which was good. Um, and I never really did more than back-to-back. I did one weekend of back-to-back-to-back, which was tough, but they, they were like in the 10 to 15 range. Um, and so that was sort of in sort of preparing for that, getting used to tired legs, getting used to still being tired, mm-hmm. um, understanding the limits of my body a little bit more. Like I, I know when I'm sore and I probably need a rest day. And now I do take those rest days cause I don't want to get injured. Um, and I don't want to overtrain. I don't want to spend a month fatigued because I burnt myself outright. But now in sort of training, I was playing around with that just to like, okay, I got a week. And after that I can spend three months if I need to, because I really want to do this and get this done. Um, so, uh, exploring that again a little bit more when, when I haven't for a while, cause I've been running for a long time and I kind of, know my body but it's, it's yeah, a balancing thing act is, right you don't have to worry about overtraining now you know, right you <laughs> oh, no not no. this is taper for sure right um, um yeah no go ahead oh i was to, to back to the grand canyon though um when when you mentioned that and you know that was one day it was a long day and that helps boost my confidence for this because that was a that's a pretty epic day but again it was only one day you don't have didn't have to get up the next day had to get up the next day to like limp onto the plane <laughs> but not run another yeah. Yeah. 30 miles but the grand canyon you know i felt undertrained severely undertrained for that but uh i Loved every second of it. It didn't hurt. I felt because every time I felt like I was struggling, I just picked my head up and looked at where I was and what I was doing. And just this overwhelming sense of gratitude uh, for for being able to be right there, right then um, hit me and it just carried me through. And I'm hoping yeah. <laughs> we get a little bit of that in Haiti. Otherwise, it's going to be a long, <laughs> a uh, no, long yeah, I'm, I'm banking on that one for sure, <laughs> yeah. right? It, we, we're going to need the environment to carry right. us through. Right. Yeah. And and that the motivation to train is much more different than the motivation to have a life experience. <laughs> right. right? <laughs> like, so it's not going to be like, oh, I don't want to get up and – uh, go find a park to run it. No, right. you're you're gonna wake up and you're right. gonna run through Haiti, right? right. It's yep. not gonna be. You don't have a choice because you got to get to the other hotel that you're staying <laughs> right. in that may be thirty miles out. Right. So you, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're gonna go and you know if if something happens, if uh, it, it's it's gonna be because you really do need to stop and mm-hmm. then. Most likely, rest up and try to get up the next day. Yeah, and if that doesn't work, try to get up the next day. You know, <laughs> really chip off as much as you can. So, um, packing—are you packed? 
Oh, oh God, yeah. That was the most stressful I'm thing. I'm not in my done life. yet. <laughs> I packed and I may have overpacked because my both bags are full and I feel like I still got to put stuff in it. So now I got to, the important stuff is not in it, feels like. So I got to go tonight and shed some and make sure the right stuff goes in it. Part of my problem is I don't know how you pack, but I struggle with my nutrition mindset. Like, what do I need to take for my nutrition? What works for me? Yes, there's a lot of things available. Us, we're supposed to take some, but it's a long time. I mean, I don't have access to Rochester Running Company or Medved or whatever. I just don't. How do I take everything I need and and not overdo it? And uh, I've struggled thus far, but I got to figure it out in the next two days to, to well, figure you, it out. Do you want to know what I settled on in case it helps? Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Plantains. Planning the, the trip. Yeah. <laughs> on the podcast. Here we go. All right. So what I so first of all, they did tell us to try to do only carry-ons. No way was that happening. I tried, couldn't do it. Um so what I did, I decided I want everything in my one carry-on. It's a big backpack, big as I can for a carry-on. Um that I absolutely need to run. And so that is a single pair of running shorts, running socks, and a singlet tank top. That's it. My one smaller, like, hydration belt that I can carry with the water bottle. Then all my nutrition, in infinite, the um, the fluid, and um, a small, I bought, like, a smaller container of whey protein powder that should carry me through. Normally I get... Uh, that's in your protein, that's in your carry on. That's in my carry on. I, I so you think TSA won't take away your I nutrition? I am worried TSA will take away my nutrition, but according to TSA like website, you can bring it. It yeah. just le- they recommend leaving in the original container, and they might take a sample on you because oh, powder see, freaks I, them. I out. thought you had to put it in all the bags and label. Not them. <laughs> not protein powder. Protein oh, powder is protein. called out. Uh, yeah, so I was like. Okay. All right, I'm going to risk it and try to get it on. And according to what I've read, it, it's good. And that's everything I, I technically need. I'm going to wear the shoes I'm going to run in on the plane and then sweat. And we need a sleeping bag for night one because we're in a school. We're not in. Mm-hmm. So sleeping bags in the check bag. But I figure Hades hot so I can sleep in the sweats. And so my sleeping pad, which I bought like a small one. Like I spent money to get one that packs down nice and my mosquito net are also in the carry on. And then everything that would be make me comfortable, like my phone roller and all that are in the, the check. Mm-hmm. And cause those aren't absolutely necessary, but kind of cause I, without the foam roller, I'm going to be hurting that like, that'll help a lot to have those things, but I don't really. And then like granola bars and other stuff I want also in the check. Mm-hmm. Um, because they'll have that there or I can buy it there. Yeah, so. and I think that's, the, that's sort of the typical advice when right. you're traveling for a race. Bring everything that you need for the race with you on your person. Right. <laughs> Other stuff, you know, change of clothes. Nice and to have. Clothes, yeah. All the nice to have. Yeah. You can risk that, right. you know, falling into the ocean. But right. you need your running gear. Yeah, yeah. I got to figure out. I got to re- repack. I am worried about so may, maybe if we do a follow up I'll let you know if I get the uh, It's it's like 
three pounds of powder I'm going to try to bring into my carry-on. White, white, white powder to be exact. It's white. I'm, I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. No problem. The bag's already open too because I had to like start using it to get used to it and all that. So it's... Oh, well. Okay. We'll find out how it goes. We're going to find out. It might be boring from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you, could, if you could figure out how well, to pack it up. Yeah, I know you know what I thing. could do is I could split half and put half in the carry but at this point i think i'm just i'm just gonna go for it and we'll see just let it ride i mean what could go wrong i mean i'm sure i'm sure there's a costco down there that you could pick up some more you know protein oh yeah yeah. you close your eyes that's it yeah well I, i gotta talk about this infinite stuff um I won't rant about it as much as uh, Run Gum has been <laughs> mentioned on this oh, show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Run Gum. Um, but I was, I was actually tempted to go out and buy that and use that <laughs> after I heard that. Telling but you if Stratton were here, he'd tell you to run bring gum. it. Yeah, um, yeah but he survived on Run Gum without anything. So <laughs> I don't think that we can do that. Um, but the Infinite was, was – uh, it's remarkable. It, it, like one serving has three over 300 calories calories i went for 10 grams of protein in mine on top of that with electrolytes and it's a custom blend just to add to it right oh yeah you get to go select on their web page what right how much carbs you want how much electrolytes you want how much caffeine you want how much protein you want and then and it it has a meter running tells you how isotonic that mixture is yeah. as you are moving around and so if you go too far you can back off and all that stuff it's it's like tailwind but supposedly it's much more isotonic and much more better um, balance of carbohydrates that you need per hour basis. Right. And with uh, with protein and caffeine, which is not necessarily the case for Tailwind and other brands out there, which they're all good brands, they're all tested out, but this somehow is you, hitting the right... Are you on this stuff too? We we are, we, quite a few of us actually, yeah. we somehow we got into it and we, we, we tested it out through our training runs. And we are taking a chance it's, with that. At but the with the isotonic, that's like, it doesn't feel like a meal. Somehow it's, and it's not thick like a protein shake or anything. It's literally like a fluid. I did a, all my long runs through my training for since November uh, with that that and only that with nothing right. to eat. Um, if, I, if I ate, there was just a one or two dates here and there, but mostly I ran on them. All my 24, 25 miles were on using that. And wow. it's it, it's good balance of carbs. Like it's mostly carbs and not sugar. Like there's sugar in it, not like a good uh, or an appropriate amount, but it's not like super sweet like some of the mixes are. And um, uh, I I you can like Prem said you can choose. I went to do. I went with no caffeine um, and even um, pea protein over whey protein in mine. So you can make like a lot of options and they say what they recommend and what's good and you can choose to follow those or not (laughs) (laughs) but no good stuff out there and we let you know how we make out afterwards yeah Yeah. apparently there's uh there's a bunch of you (laughs) a bunch of stories yeah either you've puked your way across haiti no some people (laughs) used it last year there's some runners so there's some uh some usage on with this group so yeah Mm -hmm. wow all right. Yeah. So yeah, you're leaving on Friday. Um, as I said, right now you're at like um, thirteen thousand dollars each. Um, I know you've had some fundraising Co- co- events. Combined. Uh, combined. Yeah. Sorry, thirteen thousand dollars combined. 
you've had some fundraising events and mm-hmm. um, people have pitched in and here or there. Um, yeah, do you uh, have a special a thanks to um, I think Rochester Running Company for hosting our first fundraising event, actually, which was nice. Yeah, there's been support has been great in the community, and our RRC really stepped up in helping out any way we wanted help. Instead of them pushing things on us, they they said, "How can we help? What are the things?" Yeah. Every time we had an idea, they made it better. So they've been really good at supporting it. Um, so. Do you have a a goal that you want to hit? You said you were over your minimum. Yeah, so seventy five hundred is my goal, current goal. So I'm about eight hundred or so shy of my goal. Um, but any more, it's still we still have to meet. We're trying to get the organization as a whole make the right. goal, which they are at sixty nine percent at the moment. Mm-hmm. So any extra still goes there. It's just that seventy five is my goal at the moment. I have to give a huge shout out to moms, especially my mom. Yeah. <laughs> I hit my 5,000 um, and was going to say, I'm going to set the goal of 6,000, 1,000 over my, my original goal um, from now through to the end of the run. And then my mom hosts one dinner with her friends from church and raises over like $1,200. Nice. <laughs> so I'll have to up the uh, the goal. Hooray for <laughs> to, moms. <laughs> Nice work to, to a, a new amount. Now, it's been great. We we had a boost in Christmas time. Um, mm-hmm. HP uh, Hewitt Packet um, uh, stepped up and decided to donate to the organization by matching whatever the runners could 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 raise through the week, one week over Christmas. So that was a good way for them to not just give money to work for the charity, but help the runners meet their goals. So that was a good good way to do it and I, we were able to uh, utilize that quite a bit and that helped a lot of us runners meet our goals and that's why I think that we are sitting in a better position going into it um, uh, because of that extra help and boost that we got over Christmas. Yeah well I know when I did my fundraising for the New York City Marathon yeah. I earned um, you know sort of like I I felt that I had earned X number of dollars through my fundraising. Like, oh, I'm I'm putting in this much work. This is how much I'm gonna get. Um, but it turns out, like you said, other people pitching in really put it over the top. You know, I I might have maybe got fifteen hundred dollars through all of my efforts, but then um, somebody put on a little event or shared a post or donated something to my raffle. Um, another company stepped in, right? So it's sort of like this pitch in. And over the last week, you can easily earn, you know, a big chunk of change um, through people realizing that you're going that they didn't know and they want to be in on it. Um, and I think the last day for donations is February 24th, the last day of the run. No, is I think that that it is? goes for that whole month of February, even a week yeah. after we get back. Uh, March March 1st, so February, the last day of February. Is that, that's what it is then? Yeah. No. So, all right. So people can donate now. As you're hearing this, you can uh, pause the podcast and go donate. Um, and you can find the links in the show notes or um, they have um, 
I think that's probably the easiest way to do it, unless you know Premier Dan, then in which case you can go to their Facebook yeah. page. The and other find easy it. way is if you just Google run across Haiti 2019, there'll yeah. be two links at the top. One is for the organization, one is for the fundraiser. And yeah. fundraiser is at CrowdRise. And all the runners are there, a small write up is there, and, 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 Full tracking is there. You can and there's a link that if you want, we can put a link to our Facebook, where there's a sign up sheet for any e blast from while we're doing the run. If any blogs that you guys want to be part of, they can sign up, um, uh, put their email address in that one, and they'll get the e blast throughout the run as well. Yeah, and like I said, I think if you're listening to the podcast, the easiest way will be to go to the show notes because I put a bunch of these links in there already. So, Great. Uh, yeah. Anything else you want to Yeah, share? the other thing which we did, one of the small things we did, but it had helped a lot for awareness and fundraising was uh, Laura Record, our local artist and, and, and runner extraordinaire. She designed a buff for us, for two of us. Uh, so like Rochester runs across... Haiti, Rock runs across Haiti, and it's a beautiful buff, beautiful design by her. And uh, we, we bought something to use that as a fundraiser and, and uh, give it to our, some of our donors. And that has helped for two parts. It has definitely helped our fundraiser, but awareness and, and just something I can't thank enough, Laura, for helping us design it and, and be able to do it. I didn't see that. You got where is Yeah, that, uh, actually, you know, I, I got I, one for you, so you can uh, thank, take thank a picture you. of I, that and <laughs> put it on there, and and that's yours to keep for helping us out with the podcast. Cool. So, did you give these to the donors? Uh, we basically were using it as selling them as part of the fundraiser. Yes. If somebody wanted to buy them, and they did quite a few of them, and at, and then at some point we started giving anybody who gave us donation we will start giving them away. Right. So they're they're still donors we haven't given to, but uh, yeah. if I see them, I have one for them. Yeah, nice. I, and I, I I I still have a few more. I was gonna try to give out uh, buffs to folks that went on training runs with us and that that sort mm -hmm. of thing because I I got buffs to some of them but not all of them. I could even bring in some if you want, like a stack to hand out to yeah. people at the well, show or I something. Think <laughs> leave some at Rochester Running Company if somebody wants yeah. it. Yeah, I think the way to do it is anybody donates from now up until you leave. They oh yeah, can have a buff. That's they true. Can have a buff, or and, and the buff that. will be available yeah. at Rochester Running Company. And yeah. uh, I'm signing them up for it because they've been really helpful for us. <laughs> yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, I'm super excited for you guys. I think it's going to be fun. Uh, you get a break from the Rochester winter, you know. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yes. <laughs> yes. But uh, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, when you come back after you get rested and recovered, come back on and we'll tell everybody all about it and what yeah. it was and how it went and how it was different from how you thought it would be. And uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Thanks for having Thank us Thank you. Does Thank it you. feel more real now that you talked about it for No, it's real. <laughs> it's real. We, it's, we, got, it's, we, got to, we have no choice to back off now. We got to get on that plane. It felt real. I mean, we've been, you know, buying ticket, plane tickets or organizing that or getting vaccines or things. And <laughs> yeah, malaria medication starts tomorrow morning. So we, we, yeah. we, we are committed as we start taking medication to go. Yeah, you start taking in, in finite. <laughs> yeah, 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 finite. Yeah, that too. 
Infinite run gum. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Cool, fellas. Well, I'm I'm excited. I think it's great. Thanks for sharing this. Thanks for uh, coming and hanging out. Yeah, thanks, Chris. And uh, we will uh, be in touch, I guess. Yep. Until next time. <laughs> All right. So there you have it. It's it's as uh it's as real today as it was yesterday for them. Um, you know, if if you have it, uh please consider donating to Prem and Dan. They're running uh separate fundraisers, so maybe maybe pick your favorite or divide it up, donate to both. Who knows? However you do it. Um, or just, you know, go out to the show notes and as Prime said, read a little bit about the cause and just sort of get to familiarize yourself with the situation, maybe reflect on it a little bit. I know I, I learned a lot just in this little conversation. So um, go out to the show notes, runninginsideoutpodcast.com slash 076. You'll find a bunch of links to the fundraising pages, the NPO uh, work. And um, you'll also find links to the Strava Run Group and the Patreon page. I'm sure they're both packing their garments. So join the Strava Run Group. You'll be able to see their runs. Um, and uh, keep in mind, the number one way you can always support the show is to tell a friend and help them subscribe. If they seem interested, you know, take their phone and physically subscribe them. People don't know how to work podcasts. I, I don't get it, but they don't. Um, so just help them. Um, one last thing, I'm always interested in your comments and feedback on the show. So drop me a line, chris at runninginsideoutpodcast.com and uh, let me know your thoughts. Thank you all for listening, subscribing, and telling your friends. Thanks for sharing your stories and getting out there to create more stories. Until next episode, be thankful for what you've been given, be proud of what you've achieved, and let go of what you've lost. See you out there.